1: What does motion sound like? With Kizikans Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks.
0: The following podcast contains explicit language. Are these your students, the future entertainers? Yes, if you don't mind. Of course, I will speak to them. Hello, children. For those of you with parents who don't own a television, my name is Rogelio de la Vega, and I would like to talk to you about show business. Rogelio. It's terrible. One day you're on top, and the next, bam,
1: they take it away! All right. New session starts next week. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Aisha Harris, and this is Represent. On today's episode, it's a beautiful day to be a represent listener, because we've got a treat for you. An interview with none other than Jane the Virgin's Jaime Camille, also known as his character Rogelio de la Vega. Playing Jane's vain but lovable soap opera star father, Jaime is one of the best parts of the show. And right before we took a break for the holidays back in December, I had the pleasure of chatting with Jaime about so many things. He got very candid about the lack of award show recognition for Jane the Virgin— Hollywood's reluctance to cast Latinos and tap into the Latino audience, and much more. You won't want to miss it, so check it out. So it is an absolute pleasure to have on today Jaime Camille, who is a star on Jane the Virgin, a show we've talked about on the show quite a few times, and we love, and also one of the stars of Coco, which we've also talked about on the show and really, really loved. Uh, I cried several times while watching Coco. I, I've seen it a couple times, so
0: <laughs> no shame, no
1: shame. Uh, <laughs> did Did you cry by any chance? Did you when you saw it?
0: What? I, are you kidding me? I cry like a, I mean like nonstop, and then uh, it's horrible because when, when you go. First of all, thank you for having me, Aisha.
1: Thank you. (laughs) Thanks. I'm so happy
0: to be here. Yeah, it's (laughs) my pleasure. yeah so crying with your kids is not you know my my daughter is six years old and my son is three
1: mm-hmm.
0: so crying with them is like, daddy, are you sad? I'm like no i' I'm, I'm crying out of happiness you know <laughs> <laughs> so explaining to them is kind of awkward yeah and then when the movie ended and I saw my my name on the credits, I'm like holy I'm, I'm gonna be a part of Disney Pixar's catalog like for life I know for each etern- so I cried again and everybody looked at me like, dude movie's over I mean, <laughs> what's wrong with you you know there's nothing you don't
1: understand this lost my name, you know, but
0: But it was very nice. It was a very nice
1: Oh, that's so great. That's so great. So, first I want to talk about Jane the Virgin. Um, I know you've talked about how you, when you first got the script for it, Jenny Snyder Erdman, who is the creator of the show, um, you... You talked with her about where your character was going because in the first episode, I think he, your character Rogelio, only says like five five words or is, doesn't really <laughs> yeah. say much. No, it,
0: it wasn't the Hollywood stupidity about you know how many pages do I have or how many lines. I mean, this is, you know, it's not. It was not about that. Of course, it was just about you know where, you know what's where's this character going because. Well many things to tell you about that first of all, um, I got very lucky because I've been doing the the audition process in Los Angeles for you know the 10 years or something and you know I think a- acting has to be the the most rejected profession in the world mm-hmm. without a doubt I mean you know you, you you receive nose every single day so you have to grow a very thick skin and a very strong heart right. when you're an actor because you're always rejected and then so I was doing the auditions of course nailing zero jobs and then I'm, I'm in Mexico doing a project and and, the, and I and my, my manager calls and I listen you have three direct offers and I'm like oh cool when do I audition and he was like no numb nuts! It's direct, and I'm like, "What is a direct? I didn't even know <laughs> what, what the concept of direct offer mean, right?" I'm like, "Okay, so yeah, so we have three scripts, and know, one for ABC, one for Na- uh, Netflix, and then Jane the Virgin, and without a doubt, the most the most creative and beautiful project of them all was Jane the Virgin. Uh, the, you know, the script was just brilliant. So we read it, but but and, and you know, we did a Skype conference, a Skype conference with um, Brad Silverling and Jenny Ehrman. and of course, in in a very Rogelio de la Vega mode. I, I was doing a project in Mexico and I lit my, my dressing room. Like I asked the lighting guys to put like lights on the dressing room because I wanted to look good <laughs> in, the, in the Skype conference with Jenny, right? And then, uh, but the point that I'm trying to make is that we don't know Up to this date, we are not kept in the circle of trust, in Jenny Ehrman's circle of trust. Mm -hmm. So, we don't know what's going to happen. Like, it's not like they lay out the character for you, like, way in advance or you know where you're going in the future. You just don't. Like, we found out who Sin Rostro was at the table read. Ah. We were like, oh, my God, is Bridget Rick. Oh, my God, Bridget is a Sin Rostro. I cannot believe it. So, of course, now we know that. But at the time, we didn't. So, I talked to Jenny. I'm like, hey, what's going to happen with this character? And, you know, she kind of explained to me what was going on, but not, not thoroughly. But uh, but regardless of if the character was going somewhere or not, the, the show was so creative and so, I mean, so beautiful that, of course, that, that was the choice. Yeah. The
1: choice. I mean, can you talk about or recall the first time you really felt as though you got into the groove of the character of Rogelio, like when you really felt like you were connecting with his character? I
0: think... I think it happened probably episode two or episode three when, when the leopard escapes from, from Santos's uh, set, from the novella. Mm-hmm. We have a leopard in the loose, you know, and everybody starts running. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go for it. I mean, I, worst case scenario is, dude, bring it down a notch and don't go there because no. And, and I just jumped from the boat and started doing these like crazy physical comedy like, oh, my God, a leopard. And everybody was laughing and everything. And nobody stopped me. And I'm like, okay, well, this is good. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna go there, <laughs> right? And and that, but that's like when I knew that that Rogelio was kind of like the, com- the the comic relief of the show and everything. But of course, when you do a, a comedic character, you don't want to be that that superficial, and you don't want to be that person that only throws pies at people's faces. And and that's it Right You need you need some depth Because if you don't have it Then the character becomes boring And people is like uh, Okay Again Again the funny guy mm-hmm. Let's see if he pours milk On, his, on, on himself this time Right Yeah it, it doesn't have any purpose And to enjoy the comedy Of any character You have to also Dig deep into The character's heart Or soul Otherwise you don't Enjoy the His or hers comedy Right so I, I love the fact that Rogelio is a very well-written character and very well-balanced. So, so you can laugh with him or whenever he has like heartfelt scenes with Jane or Xiomara, you also feel with him. And, and that's I think that's, that's I'm very grateful to Jenny and her amazing team of writers because they, they make Rogelio a very well-rounded character.
1: Yes, I mean it's it's not like you know in, in the '90s all the the sort of comic relief characters or the very silly characters had catchphrases and whatnot. And I mean, you have mm-hmm. obviously you have your your way of speaking and your your yeah. uh, different philosophies and and all these things. But you, I, I I totally get the the fact that you are very much a well-rounded character. All the characters on this show are, and oh, one of the things you've been dealing with this season. Um, and that really stuck out to me was the episode in which you were sort of confronting aging uh, as a character. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not you, but Rogelio. Uh, but oh, no, me
0: too. No, no, make no mistake about it. I mean, everybody, <laughs> eventually.
1: <laughs> well, I, so yeah, I, I actually did kind of want to ask, like, how did you tap into that character? Is that something that you've also, because we all often talk about Hollywood women are often confronted with aging and the prospects of aging and and being aged out of characters but I mean I imagine that there is some sort of level of that for for men too especially in the telenovela world where you have to be exceedingly (laughs) handsome and gorgeous and young looking at all times (laughs) well in in
0: women especially I think Hollywood is very unfair to women and I am the number one feminist because first I I love my wife and she happens to be a woman,
1: <laughs> and I
0: also love my daughter, and she also happens to be a woman. So I I, I, I respect women and love women so much. I, I, I think uh, Hollywood is extremely unfair to to them. Like like you say, aging and many other issues that women go through in the in, in Hollywood. I think it's just wrong. Uh, but 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 I think as you very well said, I think for men, I don't know. It's 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 so unfair. It's so stupid. You, you age, and oh, he's so interesting. He looks, and then she's no longer good for cameras. Like, what that? What are you saying? What What does that even mean? It's just, I don't know. There, there are so many things that are that are so unfair, and and I speak from my heart, from my daughter Elena, which I want her to be the, the an amazing. Whatever the hell she wants to be, a scientist, whatever you know. It's just uh, it's just very very frustrating to see how women are, are treated in if, if, generally in the in the workplace.
1: Mm-hmm. Between Hollywood and you, you also come from the the Mexican TV world, and and you did yeah. uh, La La Fea Bella, uh, which mm-hmm. was Ugly, be- uh, Ugly Betty in Mexico, the Mexican version yeah. of that show. And you know, do you see? A difference between the way in which women are treated there versus here in the States? Or are there things that are pretty similar?
0: No. Well, things are pretty similar, but I think uh, probably Latin American cultures are a little worse. Just because the culture of Latin American men, it's just hideous and and how they treat or downgrade women. I don't know why. I I was never—I mean, you know, my parents did a very good job with me, thank God, and and I— and I respect uh, and value the humankind, you know. Uh, but, um, but yeah, in Latin America, unfortunately, uh, downgrading of women or abuse to women uh, might probably be. A little worse than mm-hmm. in the U.S., and I don't know to be honest because I'm not from here. I don't know. Am I making <laughs> am I making sense? No,
1: I, no. I I can I can see that. I do wonder if maybe like the the way in which these things manifest themselves are differently. Yeah, are, are different.
0: Um. Well, y- definitely. Yeah. I mean, now for, for, uh, fortunately, the you know we hear the cases in the U.S. That that's impressive and that's amazing. I don't know that if that's gonna ever gonna happen in a Latin American country, but. Mm. uh uh, but ho- hopefully it will.
1: Yeah. Well, one of the things I like about Rogelio is that he's such a sort of progressive character, especially a progressive mm-hmm. male character. I, yeah. I one of the storylines, which also connects to um, the storyline with you kind of confronting aging, was the this uh, you know Zoe wanted you to get on to get a vasectomy, so she <laughs> so they didn't have to keep. Pulling out, uh, but like I, I thought, these are the types of things. Why is
0: Jane so graphic for the <laughs> love of God?
1: It's so graphic, but it, it's honestly. I was it's watching so real.
0: that character with my daughter, and I'm like,
1: okay, Disney Junior, Disney Junior, Alex, because then you know
0: <laughs> they're they're in that age when they start to ask a lot of questions, and right. I try to answer everything to my daughter. I want my daughter to know that that whatever problem issue question she might have i am the guy to go to right uh, no matter how awkward it is or how difficult it is to explain right or, or how young she is to listen to, to facts mm-hmm. but i i want her to know that daddy's always there for her right but there are some things and you're like
1: okay this can wait
0: a little longer
1: yeah <laughs> yeah she doesn't have to see that episode yet <laughs> exactly but exactly. Uh, but but you know, I think that seeing them confront this, uh, you know, uh-huh. uh, birth control and having to deal with these things and, and Rohelio just being a very um, – even though in some ways, in, in America at least, we'd consider them – like his gestures can be effeminate sometimes. He's still very much like – he he – He basically has to deal with sometimes uh, confronting what what it means to be a man and what masculinity can look like in, you know, the present day. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm just wondering, have you ever had a chance to play a character like this before?
0: Well, yeah, yeah. You mean like like, uh, relating to – yeah, of course. Well, Mm -hmm. maybe uh, – I did a project in Mexico called Por Ella Soy Eva. Because of her, I'm Eva, or on Eva's heels, mm-hmm. and and he was uh, very much in the line of Tootsie or Mrs. Doubtfire, if you can imagine me as a woman, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and it was brilliant. It was a beautiful project where this guy is a horrible misogynist and he hates women, and women are only, you know, they're only there to please men. That's it. That, that's why God created woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this character, right? And and then you know he receives. He works in the in a very successful uh, professional environment. And whenever he receives projects, uh, you know, written or developed by women, he just throws, throws throws them to the trash because it was written by a woman. I mean, it's, it can't be good, right? I mean, this guy, it's horrible, pathetic, ridiculous guy. And then, you know, whatever, in the novella style, he dies, but he doesn't die. And the only way to come back to, to redeem himself is... He tries to come back as an old man, and he almost almost gets caught, and then like a, like a janitor. And he'll, so he's like, you have to—dude. So he connects with a makeup artist, and he's like, you have to go back as a woman. And I'm like, I will never—for the love of God, I will never wear heels in my lap, you know, cut to, and, you know, they're waxing him and getting him ready to be— to play like a character, kind of like Mrs. Doubtfire kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, of course, in that process, this this character realizes— of course, the, the awakening of, of, of how unfair women are treated and, and he's, you know, uh, called out on the street and called horrible names and slapped, you know, on the butt and, and, and starts to realize how, how important it is to, to respect and, and honor a woman. And it's a beautiful, beautiful project that plays homage and, and, and really elevates um, uh, women.
1: Yeah, is that a, a film? I know you do stage work as well. Was that uh, a, a movie project or a TV project? Or? That
0: was a, a sitcom. Yeah. Okay. In Mexico, the, the, in Mexico, the concept of a sitcom doesn't exist because oh, even though I've done way more comedy than the you know the classic novelas, the why then not you call me Aisha? <laughs> <laughs> and then the camera stays in you for forty five seconds and nobody breathes and you are like, dude, what the? This is not real life. <laughs> uh, I did maybe one or two of those at the very beginning of my career. I am like, this doesn't feel natural who acts like this? this is just horrible right so and then i started doing comedy uh, situational comedy but you know in mexico you go on the air from Monday to Friday in a one hour format so of course that's immediately labeled as a novella it's mm-hmm. not it's not because sitcoms are one it's they're one one once a week or whatever right so but I do more sitcoms than than classic telenovelas so uh, yeah
1: awesome well we'll make sure that people who are listening if they want to check that out they can try and find it online it, it sounds really cool. it's very cool yeah. <laughs> so One of the things that struck me in an interview you did a couple of years ago was that you mentioned the fact that Univision has millions more viewers than, you know, most of the major American networks combined, whether it's ABC, CBS. Um, And yet somehow Univision and its influence and even just the Latino community in general tends to be ignored in the mainstream. Um, I even Mm -hmm. look at the fact that like it took this long for Disney Pixar to make a film in which the characters are yeah. Latino and their you know majority, the majority of the cast is voiced by Latino actors, yeah. and it 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 does seem to me like there is this sort of divide of uh, between Latin culture and American culture, even though there's so many here now um, yeah. and here in the states, and uh, apparently the projections are that by 2020 the majority of uh, children will be latino children correct so i'm curious what do you think it will take for latin culture to make its way into the main mainstream on screen
0: wow that's a well are you ready do we have three days to talk about this no oh we have forever Um, okay cool (laughs) no i think yeah you're you're well this minority quote unquote it's it's uh you know, is the economic engine of this country basically. So we, yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous right now. We, Gina Rodriguez and everybody at the show, we were outraged about, about, about the fact that SAG AFTRA and other award shows didn't nominate one single Latino in their in their shows. It is not that we want to get a award for free. Mm. But, are, you know, like, oh, the poor Latinos. Throw at them a little bone, you know? Throw them a little award just for them not to feel ignored. No, no, fuck you. It's not about that. It's it's Really? Do you think Gina Rodriguez doesn't deserve a nomination? I mean, she won the Golden Globe for the love of God. Mm-hmm. Do you think she should not be nominated for a sag after award or for a Critics' Choice or whatever? It's, like, ridiculous. And then don't tell me Jane the Virgin. I mean, Modern Family, again, for the 12th year, uh, same nominations? I know. Really? Can, can, can we move on? Can we look— to the other amazing shows that are being created, like like One Day at a Time with Justina Machado? Yes, I mean, yes. It's ridiculous. It's just, it's just, it's, it's, it is it's absurd. And this, I am progressive. I am from the left. I'm probably, if I would have to choose a, a political party, I will be a Democrat, definitely. But the only thing that I tend to agree with the right, if, if there's one thing you can agree with people that live in an alternative reality, <laughs> is that, Is that, you know, whenever Hollywood, we're so righteous about it, so like, oh, my God, yeah, because inclusiveness and whatever and diversity and love everybody, love the humankind. And then you turn around and like, excuse me, Oscars, how many African-American women have you awarded in the past 50 years? Can you count them with the fingers of one hand? And you probably have fingers left. So it's like, I mean, come on. Yes, we are. We talk the talk but we don't walk the walk mm-hmm. uh, you know and, and it's and it's really frustrating because it's not that, again we don't want awards for free or, or yeah okay you know whatever and i can't complain as a mexican because we have dominated the the academy awards for the past two or three years uh you know best director best film best cinematographer It's like we right. we've we've done well we, we've done well but and me- but, but those mean, are, come on guy
1: but also just mexican male directors you know like yes alfonso right. cuaron uh yeah. yes i i don't know.
0: Emmanuel of... Lubeski, Alejandro González-Iñárritu. Right, too.
1: right. But really, but it's... You have,
0: Patri- you have Patricia Regan, for example. Patricia Regan is an amazing director. Mm-hmm. She's a very gifted director. She, she, uh, yeah. But again, again, you know, you should be awarded if you do a good job. Not because you're demographic or if you're a minority. I don't agree with that also. You have to be awarded if you deserve it. Yeah. But I truly believe that there are many shows out there and many performers... Out there, beyond talented performers, that deserve a nomination and deserve to win. Right. Um, and and uh, you know uh, what you were saying, it's it's incredible. I was I was rooting I was rooting for a movie, and and the character. I'm, I'm my mother is Brazilian, my father is Mexican, so I'm half Brazilian, half Mexican. Mm-hmm. And I was rooting for this movie where it was going to be shot either in Brazil or in Ecuador or or, or Dominican Republic or something. And I asked the head. Of this studio, the head of, inter- of the international department of a ver- major studio in Hollywood, I-, I asked this person, "Is the movie going to be shot in Ecuador or Brazil?" Because I was, it was a legitimate question. Because if it was in Brazil, you know, I could speak the language and I can throw some Portuguese at it. And you know, Brazil is a humongous country, yeah. and I have a lot of fans there. that will, you know, whatever it was, you know. It- and the official answer from the head of the international department was, "Who cares? Or what's the difference?" I'm like, mm. what do you mean, what's the difference? Brazil is the only country that doesn't speak Spanish. It speaks Portuguese. And and it's so alienated they have their own Grammys. I mean, their own, yeah, their own Grammys, their own award shows. I mean, it's, if the head of the international department <laughs> doesn't know the <laughs> difference between Brazil and the other Latin American countries, somebody in HR, in HR really fucked up <laughs> at putting this person there. Yeah. He's like, you know, it's, no, you shouldn't be here. Right, mm-hmm. so unfortunately, there's there, there's a lot of ignorance. The, the, the reality is there's a lot of ignorance, and and like you said, our finales, you know, the, the, our show finales, sometimes beat, beat uh, CBS, Fox, ABC, NBC combined when it comes to ratings on our on our novelas finales. Telemundo mm-hmm. is doing an amazing job with their like uh, narco culture novelas, which I am on the fence on that because you shouldn't, um, uh, you shouldn't glorify. Uh, the the narco culture right mm-hmm. but but he's like he's like doing good and saying no you shouldn't glorify the gangsters like you know it, it's a movie it's, it's a make-believe so so everybody's chill right yeah um but they're it's doing amazing and good ratings and everything so I, I also had a conversation with a with a very lovely guy from Lionsgate and he's like so and I'm like dude it's not about you sh- you, you shouldn't watch Univision or Telemundo or speak the language to know who to cast in your next project if you want to hit or tap into the Latino market. It's, it's very easy. You just ask your people to give you the statistics numbers of the last shows that aired on Univision or Telemundo and the ratings they have. You will see that they will, they, that they beat every single mainstream network, right? And then out of these seven shows or whatever, or whatever you will have 15 or 20 actors that already are household names within the, within the Latino community with the 15 million Latinos living in this country. So just you see who of them they know how to act Mm -hmm. and and which of them don't act like this, you know? (laughs) And then uh, those guys, you ask if they speak English or not. And let's say you have eight. Well, if you want to tap immediately and see box office hits and ratings be impacted by this, hire the Latinos that are also loved, They are already loved by these 50 million Latinos living in this country. Mm -hmm. The problem is that Major studios or networks, they have their West Coast offices there in LA and their East Coast offices there in New York. And in New York, you have a big density of of Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, and and we're all brothers and sisters. But the reality is that 85% of our minority are from Mexico, and that's just a reality, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're in the East Coast and you have a, a, a big density of Dominicans or Puerto Ricans, when you call for a Latino audition, most probably you're going to get a a Dominican or a Puerto Rican or somebody from the Caribbean because that's, you know, they live there in New York. And then, you know, when, when the movie opens, um, they, they they might go like, Oh, I I, I thought this person was going to draw more tickets. And no, in fact they did, you know, the whole 2% of the minority that represents that country went to the movies and they watched the movies. Now, this is a very sensitive subject because I'm not saying, you know, Mexicans or Puerto Ricans or Dominicans are, are better than the other ones. Uh, uh, also uh, uh, the other problem we have with the Latin American communities is that we don't come together as one. And this doesn't happen with the African American community. Like they really come they really support each other in immensely. And unfortunately Latin American commun- uh, uh, the Latin American um, community doesn't support each other it's they they draw lines between Colombians, Venezuelans, Nicaraguans, Equatorians, Mexicans and that's and that's wrong. We should we should be united more. Mhm.
1: Are are you saying I talked
0: about a lot of things but I, I probably <laughs> didn't make one single point, right?
1: <laughs> you made a lot of points and they all answered oh my dear God. they all answered my question to some extent. Um I as as a as a black person <laughs> I will say that to some extent um it's funny because I've I've interviewed a few people um, who are from different communities, whether they are from the Latino community or from the Asian community. And yeah. one thing they they often say is that we don't come together enough like the African American community does. And I think. Do
0: you think your community comes together, or we are completely, uh, or, or we are under that perception, and I, it's not true?
1: I I think that we definitely do come together to some extent, but it's not all i think there is some Uh, if you recall earlier this year uh when get out came out the movie directed by jordan peele um samuel Mm -hmm. jackson came out and said well why did they hire a a black british person uh to play the lead role like he couldn't possibly connect with this this character in the way that a person born in america could do um and I feel like that could. I, I, I
0: don't agree with that because you're you're an actor, so right. as an actor, you yeah.
1: Yeah, but I mean that's just an example of how there is. It's not always perfect. I can under. I can. Yeah. I can also understand the Latino community. I think has perhaps maybe many more. Differing experiences than than the mm-hmm. black community might have. If you live in if the, you live in the United States, you might have uh, more similar experiences, regardless of whether you come from the Caribbean or from uh, from Africa or from or you're born here. Um, but yeah, maybe I don't know. It, it's it's hard to tell. Yeah. I just I, I think we all every every group has its. Infighting or its 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 um, tensions totally. and I but I can totally understand also your point about um, where these casting uh, where yeah. these castings are happening and I think to Americans especially like Americans who are not Latino you know. it, it they, the people making these decisions think we can't tell the difference. Yeah. It's like, oh, if a Mexican actor is playing a Venezuelan character, like no one's going to know the difference. No, and totally. That's... And
0: and sorry to interrupt, but also the other point that I was trying to make, you know, I was trying to make a point that if you want, if you want to, to hire somebody that is already well known. But at the same time, again, it opens opens a lot of debate because it's like, yeah, OK, you're well known, but you should get the you should get the job. Because of your talent, mm-hmm. regardless of if you're famous or not famous or you have a following or not a following or you if you're an actor that they just there are there that there you're coming from 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 nothing, right. So it's just, you know, it's it's yeah, it's it's um. Uh, it's a very debatable thing, and it's and it obviously it it opens up a, a very interesting and, and very lengthy conversation mm-hmm. about about this, right? It's not it's not like black or white,
1: right? Do you do you see the tide changing? Because as you said earlier, you went about ten years trying to audition in in the states and finally wound up with the plethora. You had three three different move or three different roles to choose from, um, but like it seems like ten years ago. There wasn't this desire. There wasn't as oh, much no. of a desire as there is now for Latino stories. And there was, it
0: was a lot of, yeah, I agree. I mean, and it, it was also uh, there was a lot of ignorance, and there still is a lot of ignorance between uh, of what we represent. But like, like you were saying, like the the, the head of studios or whatever, they don't understand the difference between Mexican or well to to them, if you look like if you look like their gardener, you can play Latino. Simple as that. It's 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 very easy. If, yeah, you know, it's, it's as simple as that. And it's really and it's 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 really, really sad. And and it's like me being a Mexican and wanting wanting to do a movie, right? And I'm like, Okay, uh let's do an American movie with an American actor. I would like to hire either Johnny Depp or Kara to top. They were like, okay. What? <laughs> Excuse me? And you're like, Well, yeah, I mean they're they're both Americans, right? And they're both do films. What what's the difference? I mean the, right? Yeah. They, they both have American passports and, and, and they both do films. What what's the difference? Like, dude, really? So, um, yeah, it should be definitely more education when it comes to uh, to our culture, how we look like, how how tall we are, how how our complexion is. And uh, because we have, you know, all size and shapes.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I know you're also just very proud uh, to be from Mexico, and I, I, it's you've I've followed your Twitter. Your Twitter is all about how much you love Mexico, and you were donating to the Mexican uh, Mexico earthquake relief fund. And I'm yeah. just curious, especially at a time now where the fear of what's happening with Trump in the White House. Uh, with immigrants and the way in which they are treating immigrants, especially Latino immigrants, yeah. what does it mean to you right now to to be uh, a proud Mexican? Well, it's
0: you always have to be very proud of, of your roots, and, and regardless if you agree with the, the politics of the country or if you think that, the, that your own community could work on on their issues, right, and, and be better. Better uh, individuals, uh, but you have to be proud of, wh- of where you're coming from. And this this thing that you're mentioning, the the Earth, earthquake relief fund. I- I'm gonna put this out there, even for the states, because it was a brilliant hashtag uh, created by YouTubers and influencers in Mexico called "60 Days with Mexico," and it was brilliant because you know sometimes uh, the natural disasters they don't they last in in people's mind for whatever time they last in the media. Right. So if the media can milk the same image of the same building collapsing over and over and over again, uh, you know, for three days until something ridiculous happens, or you know, uh, the administration pardons uh, 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 Sheriff Arpaio, and then you know, the 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 attention flips. The, the as you know, it takes a lot of time. To rebuild uh, emotionally and and materially uh, a country that that has been devastated by natural disasters. So 60 days with Mexico, it was great. It was amazing. It was just commit for 60 days to give something: a can of tuna, a bag of diapers, formula, food, money, whatever it is. But for 60 days, tweet about it, tag somebody that has that is not already in this on this boat. And you do like a pay it forward kind of thing that never ends.
1: And if anyone is looking up the 60 days with Mexico hashtag, it's mostly being shared in Spanish uh, as hashtag 60 días con Mexico.
0: Yes. Perfect. 60 días con Mexico. Yes. But uh, I, I don't know. I think I I would like to think that this country is way greater than, than one individual or a particular, par- a particular party or or or. Uh, um, you know, way of thinking, or, or, I mean, I just, I just, I would like to believe in America more than I believe in in one individual that sits in the Oval Office, or or a or a group of individuals that that sit on the Senate, or or, or whatever. It, you know, when you move a, a pinball machine and it goes tilt? Mm-hmm. And, and, and 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 my brain goes like that when I try in a very lovely and open hearted way to to understand where the conservative mind or the far right uh way of thinking where it comes from. Mm-hmm. I, I because I, I I swear to you, Aisha, I don't I don't understand I truly don't understand. I truly, truly don't understand why the hate and why the intolerance and why this alternative reality I, I, I don't get it. Maybe you can. I mean, and also, I'm not from here, so maybe that's a reason I don't I don't quite get it. Yeah. But I but I do I do believe in the in the in kindness. I believe in the human race. I believe in kindness. I believe in if somebody doesn't understand you, don't fight. It doesn't work. It, it's, it will not work because when you fight with somebody that it's uh, either right or left, Democrat or Republican, whatever. When you're trying to fight with some with ignorance, they will. Uh, defend their point with all the the confidence that only ignorance can give them. So, yeah, there's no way to go. But if you hug somebody and and you open your heart and you try to to, to speak to people in a lovable and and understanding way and hearing their the, and then you you make your point with love and then you hear their point or whatever, I think you get through more than trying to be a smarty pants or or I don't know. It's just a I'm, mm-hmm. I should say that I'm going through a lot now in my heart because uh <laughs> my my daughter is Having a, a little like a, nothing serious, thank God, or anything, but it's like a like a little febrile seizure. <laughs> so, mm. of course, I'm a little more sensitive to stuff, to things right now. So, this podcast is going to be a very interesting. When I hear it back, I want to say I cannot believe I was saying these things. I'm sorry, Aisha. Oh no, but, I'm um, I'm
1: sorry to hear about your daughter. Um,
0: thank you, thank you. Uh,
1: but but, uh, but I yeah. I don't
0: know. I'm becoming a little bit more sensitive. With as you grow older, I'm 44 years old, and as you grow older, you become more shameless and and you become less politically correct and and, oh my god am I going to say this oh my god the media how you start not to care yeah you just start to speak your mind and I think that's that might be a good thing
1: yeah (laughs) I I have to say that's one of the things I very much look forward to when I get old is (laughs) because I I know so many older people in my life who just say whatever they want and I'm like I wish I could be like I wish I could be that carefree right now. I'm not there yet, but I'm I'm making my way. So I appreciate. But it's it's that. A, it's
0: a very it's a very uh, fine line, right? To be because yeah, you can speak your mind, but you also have to be thoughtful. Right. <laughs> I mean, saying.
1: also some of the people who are older and speak their mind turn out to be like the racist grandmas of the world. So like there yeah, There's that too. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Abuelita runs our house just like Mama Imelda did. No music. (gasps) No music. No music! (gasps) I think we're the only family in Mexico who hates music. And my family's fine with that. But me? Be back by lunch, Miko. Love you, Mama. I am not like the rest of my family. Hola, Miguel. Hola. Speaking of your your kids, uh, w- you know, what was it like for to have them watch Coco? Because I'm assuming that you, they can't see Jane the yeah. Virgin yet, but they've watched Coco. Yeah. yeah.
0: They watched Coco. And I did a couple of, you know, I, I have a recurring role in Elena of Avalor, and I did something in Secret Life of Pets, and I'm doing a voice in DuckTales. And, you know, I, I work a lot with Disney, and I, and I love them. I'm, I'm a totally a Disney child, 100%. And uh, they, they loved it. I mean, it was—they haven't seen it— uh, we went to the premiere and the premiere was kind of late so it was a little past their bedtime. So I I'm I'm waiting to take them back to the theater at a more like at a better time for them, mm-hmm. not to fall asleep or be mm-hmm. like a little tired or whatever because they couldn't watch they, they couldn't stay till the end. Mm-hmm. They were very very tired so we had to leave. Mm. Uh, but I, I'm gonna take them back to a to a more normal time, or or wait till the movie comes out on you know, iTunes or whatever, and then and then I'm gonna. But but they loved it. I mean, they loved that. And you know, for kids, it take it takes them a while to watch an animated film. They have to watch it like two or three times mm-hmm. to get into the story and really understand what what's going on so you know the first time movie theater overwhelming pictures photographs you know the, it was like what what is it what is it what but then you when you see it in a different environment it's uh, it's a little better for them
1: yeah do you think are they aware at all of the the concept of they're very young i know but the concept of mm-hmm. representation or do you feel as though they have something they can sort of see themselves in besides Coco as kids. I think like-
0: they. I think they shouldn't have. I think. I think. I think uh, this new generation, uh, hopefully, and of course we have very bad parenting out there, but uh, but hopefully this new generation or my my kids generation won't have to worry about representation because the humankind would will be represented. Uh, uh, you know, I was very proud of my daughter. I was doing uh, Chicago on Broadway last last year. I was playing Billy Flynn, mm-hmm. and I, I took my my daughter to the to the Children's Museum or something. And there were an NYU was running a study about how prejudice or or how the kids are see like colors or shapes or forms in 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 people. And they said, well, do you mind if we if we use your daughter?" It was like, a, and my wife was like, "Yeah, sure, whatever. Use her." And let's say if you got a, if you got a ten in the score. You are a bigoted, you know, racist, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And if you got a zero, that means that you can have in front of you a a person that his skin color is green, black, yellow, brown, and to to you, or or big, small, and to you, that's that's just a person that that has nothing to do with the fact that this is a, a person, right? And my daughter's score like. Minus one, or or something like that. <laughs> so I was very, I was very, very proud because uh, that means that my wife and I we are hopefully doing a good job in in and, and hopefully all the parents out there, uh, which maybe not, but I am I'm, I'm hopeful that this generation won't have to worry about representation and won't have to worry about if you're a diversity or if it's not diverse or if you're a minority or not because. It will. There will. There will be. There will be love, and there will be tolerance, and there will be inclusiveness for the humankind. Not not for a certain diversity, or not not for a for, not for a certain minority group.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm also just hoping to see more. I mean, Jane the Virgin is is one show, and and, and I love it, obviously, but. One mm-hmm. show can only do so much. And I think, hopefully, I know Gina Rodriguez uh, is also uh, has a few projects in the works that she's planning to produce. Yeah. Um, and I'm just very much looking forward to that because I think more than anything, the more different representation we have, yeah. the the less, like you were talking about Narcos earlier. Narcos can still exist, but it won't be the only one or the main one that everyone thinks yeah. of when they think of Latinos.
0: Have you seen This Is Us? The show. Oh yeah, yeah. I haven't. I'm I'm dying to see it because I was I was uh, uh, hosting the SAG AFTRA convention mm-hmm. because yeah, whenever whenever they need diversity or they want to invite you to to prove to the world they they're diverse, <laughs> then they invite you and you're there. But when it comes to the real. Awards that go out on television, eh, you're not really needed, right? O- only when they, oh, this is the diversity. Let's do a diversity party. Ha- have all the blacks and the Latinos and the Asians. Hey, Yeah, they can come so the, so the press can see how diverse we are. But when it comes to the awards, eh, not Latino, you know? Yeah. Uh, but uh, we were there, and-, and I saw a little trailer. And from what I saw from the show that I'm dying to, to start watching it, it's so beautifully diverse. Yeah. It talks about so many different... Uh, lifestyles. It was it was in and, and skin colors and everything. It was it was beautiful.
1: Yeah. I haven't I've haven't seen the second season yet, but I did watch the first season. I feel like it's a show you will definitely like. Uh it's nice. it's it's very cheesy and in many ways, but it's also very oh. very well uh well acted and just oh, like nice. you said, does tell a lot of different stories in different ways. So yeah. Awesome. So my last question for you, uh, which is the question I ask all of my guests, is mm-hmm. what is the last thing you saw on film or TV uh, in which you felt represented you saw yourself and not as Rogelio or anything else you're involved in?
0: Uh, uh, I would have to say that's a very difficult question to ask. I, I, if you allow me to break the rules, mm-hmm. I would – I will have to say Coco. I know I'm, I'm not supposed to, but <laughs> – but to be honest, I I don't I cannot think like and of course I'm a dad so so you know I haven't been to the movies in many many years and and my wife and I wouldn't do it like the nanny culture so we are very hands on parents so when you're a hands on parent you your social life dies yes. pretty much that's 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 how it goes so yeah so I haven't watched many shows and I haven't uh, been to the movies a lot but I I would have to say I'm I'm break. Listen, future guests, (laughs) do not break this rule. Okay?
1: Only 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 Jaime can break this rule.
0: (laughs) And I want to tell you why Coco, because I really respect Leoncrich and Adrian Molina, the directors, because they the you know, the research, how they went in into the Mexican culture and, and how they represented Mexico in such a true to fact and such a legitimate way, I have never ever Seen something like that in in a movie or TV project, animated or not, just it it was it was overwhelming. It was so beautiful. It was so nice. And to be honest, uh, I cannot think of, of another project that I that I felt so identified with.
1: Hey, I mean that's an answer that that in itself says a lot about representation uh, and how how it shakes out. So I we'll we'll allow we'll allow it (laughs) because you
0: know I can you know all the you know Latinos unfortunately they have to be oh they just came out of jail they are their gardeners they speak like ese vato it's like no we we are not there are a lot of stories to tell about our. Our um,
1: culture. Well, oh, wait, there was one last question I wanted to ask you. It'll be very quick, cause, but I have to of ask course, you before worry. we go, of course, which is based on the midseason finale, it seems like of Jane the Virgin, it seems mm-hmm. like Rogelio might be team Rafael now. Is Rogelio team Raphael? Or do you think Listen. he will be?
0: Well, the, for obvious reason, he cannot be Team Michael, right? I mean,
1: <laughs> well, spoiler. He's
0: no longer with us. So <laughs> it's like either. No, but I think, yes, he will be eventually Team Raphael. Uh, of course, he sees Raphael as, as, as when he was young, right? Yeah. Of course Rafael being way less good looking than Rogelio and having been with way less women, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but because he sees a little, a little a little of himself in Rafael, then he's a little hesitant about, you know, giving the blessing for Rafael to be with his daughter, mm-hmm. obviously. But eventually Rafael, as you can see, is changing, he's becoming more a family man, he's 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 hitting on him that he's a dad or whatever and and, I, and of course, I, I believe uh, even though you know Michael was the safe choice or the obvious choice for Jane, destiny or fate might be more in in Jane and Raphael's side than with Michael. So so yes, of course, you know, as a father, I can t- I, I don't know Rogelio, but as a father, I can tell you that you will love and embrace anything that you, that your kids love or do or or accept in their life. So I think Rogelio is pretty much uh, a family man and he loves family and he will always be on his family side. So, yeah, he, he will whatever whatever makes Jane happy, Rogelio will be happy with that.
1: Wonderful answer. Well, thank you so much, Jaime. It was an absolute pleasure talking with you.
0: Same here, Aisha. Thank you so much.
1: That's a wrap. Jane the Virgin season four is currently airing on Fridays at nine on the CW, and you'll find links to everything we discussed on our show page. Represent is produced by the lovely awesome Berlin Williams. Our excellent social media assistant is Marissa Martinelli. And our intro outro music is performed by the sweet San Francisco funk soul band Midtown Social. And stay tuned for our upcoming episodes in which we get hyped about the release of Black Panther in a few different and very special ways. Until next time.